You're listening to the McKinsey Podcast, featuring wide-ranging conversations on the issues that matter in business and management. I'm Roberta Fasaro, an editor with Digital McKinsey, and on today's McKinsey Podcast, we're talking about the cloud, the distributed servers that play host to our personal and business information. Irina Starikova, a partner at the firm, has been doing research on the cloud for many years now. She has examined business uses for cloud technologies, patterns of adoption by some of the largest players in the industry, and shifting attitudes toward the cloud. Earlier this year, she and her co-authors published an article on Leaders and Laggards in Enterprise Cloud Infrastructure Adoption. Irina is here with us today to share some research findings and to offer some much-needed perspective to companies that are experimenting with cloud technologies. Irina, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Roberta. Okay, let, so let's start this discussion on the ground. What is the cloud, and what are some examples that we might run across in our day-to-day lives? Put very simply, cloud is a network of distributed servers that are hosted on the Internet. And those servers are managed in a highly automated way, and they're also shared by many applications at the same time. And that results in three kinds of outcomes. First, you have much lower cost of hosting applications and data. Second, you have much faster speed of putting new applications on that infrastructure. And lastly, you have much better reliability and security for your applications. And those servers, they can be either internal for your enterprise, and we call this private cloud, or they can be owned or managed by a third party. In that case, you would call them public cloud or managed private cloud. We use applications and data that are hosted on cloud technology every single day. In our personal lives, there are very few things that you do when you're turning on an application on your phone or you're sharing data with someone that would work without cloud technology in the back end. And the examples run the gamut of everything you do in your daily life. You can be shopping on the Amazon, could be watching Netflix, sharing pictures with your family, getting an Uber, ordering food on DoorDash, or you can be booking your SoulCycle session. And that will all be involving some sort of cloud technology in the back end to make it all work. And similarly, when you think about our clients, most large companies today use cloud technology quite extensively. That could be a private cloud that they're managing in their own data center, or they could be using services by public cloud providers such as Amazon Web Services, Google Compute Platform, Azure, or IBM. How have cloud technologies and the market for cloud solutions evolved over, say, the past three to five years? The overall market for those services has really taken off. If you look at the latest reports by all leading market analysts, everyone is putting it well above $200 billion. So now there's really hardly any debate about this being a huge thing happening. Secondly, when you look at enterprise adoption of cloud, that also started to change dramatically, and it's shifted a lot from private cloud to public cloud. To give you some numbers, through our surveys, we found out that more than half of all enterprises of any size plan to shift at least some applications completely to public cloud in the next two to three years. And that's the change that we started to see happening in the last two years. 
those things have a huge impact on the overall enterprise technology ecosystem. So if you think about uh, several years back, enterprises were direct buyers of 35 to 40% of all server and storage technology. Now, some analysts expect that that share will shrink to less than 20%, and that will happen as soon as next two years. That has huge implications, obviously, on all providers of server, storage, networking technology, as well as service providers that exist in the ecosystem around that. How have companies' discussions about the cloud changed over the past three to five years? In addition to this shift of enterprises to use public cloud services a lot more, we also see that there's a shift in conversation to the uh, scale of adoption. So uh, people are talking about what is it like to be using cloud for majority of applications in their portfolios. And another big set of conversations uh, that has changed significantly is related to the security and compliance requirements of public cloud. So let me take those uh, one by one. On scale of adoption, companies are no longer happy to be using cloud for just a small share of their overall data center um, footprint or a small share of their application portfolio. There's a lot of focus on what it would take to really adopt cloud at scale and what it would take to adopt public cloud services at scale. On the security and compliance side, side we've gone away from talking about how that is the hugest barrier to using public cloud services. Now you have a lot more advanced conversation on what the right controls and what are the right standards to protect information in the public cloud. Security is still very important and compliance is still uh, basically a, a, a non-negotiable thing for many of our clients. But what is happening now is that instead of saying, okay, we're just not even going to discuss cloud because of those constraints, people are saying, okay, well, those constraints are there, and let's talk about specifically how they're going to be addressed when we use public cloud services. And frankly, even for clients that are coming from highly regulated industries that have to worry about highly sensitive patient information or customer information that is uh, considered highly personal, uh, we already see many examples of those uh, companies moving to adopt public cloud services at scale for a pretty large variety of different applications. McKinsey's Enterprise Cloud Infrastructure Survey sheds light on what's really going on with cloud adoption. When was it conducted and who participated? We started the survey in 2014 and over time we've collected information from more than 50 large enterprises that are based either in North America or in Europe. And what we uh, went after is we wanted to understand what cloud technology and how and at what pace they were adopting. For a good majority of those enterprises, we actually have uh, multiple observations across this time period, so we can see how they have evolved over time. We were able to include companies here from a variety of different industries, so we have just as many companies from non-regulated as, as well as regulated spaces, as well as company sizes in uh, different levels of cloud adoption and um, sophistication. Companies are still investing in pretty complex private cloud platforms. Um, and those companies, uh, we believe, first went down this path because they thought that public cloud was not secure enough or not meeting compliance requirements. They have, some of them, 
chose more sophisticated platforms to build something that can meet the needs of many different applications in their portfolio. And they did that over choosing a more practical and simpler approach that is uh, going more aggressively after broader adoption and, and frankly, better impact from, from using simpler solutions. While some companies are continuing to, to build those complex private cloud platforms, and we sometimes talk about that as um, uh, uh, big, hairy science projects, there are clearly a group of companies that are emerging as um, leaders in cloud adoptions, and we are calling them cloud savvy. They have achieved a lot higher adoption of cloud. We measure that as a share of their overall hosting environments that are based on cloud technology. The difference between leaders and laggards here is pretty stark. Uh, we're talking in some cases about a gap um, of 40 to 50 percent. Some leaders in the same market and in the same industry would have over 40 or 50 percent share of their environments on cloud, whereas the laggards would, would have single digit percentage share. What leaders have done differently in those cases is that they focused a lot more on building organizational capabilities rather than over-investing on technology uh, engineering. They were not striving to create a perfect technology solution, but were first of all focused on getting meaningful results. So they tested and learned and adjusted their strategies along so that they, they focused uh, a lot more on getting results rather than science projects. Clearly, your research found leaders and laggards, a lot of companies that have a way to go with their cloud programs. What lessons can the laggards take from the leaders? The benefits are quite significant, and there were multiple types. Um, the number one um, benefit that many leaders saw from adopting cloud was in uh, time to market. And what that means is that they were able to uh, deploy new applications using cloud services a lot faster than they were able before. Sometimes we were talking about difference between weeks cut down to a few hours and sometimes times that were less than one hour. The importance of uh, that time to market is that the business of those organizations was able to deploy changes to their products a lot faster than they were ever able before or they could change some of their internal processes that they were transforming a lot faster. What comes clearly in uh, the second and third place in terms of benefits is uh, cost reductions and quality improvements. So what that means simply is that the total cost of um, operating your um, hosting infrastructure has gone down quite significantly because of cloud. And similarly, the quality the, the reliability of that service has improved a lot in the same time. I noticed that one of the major themes that emerged from the, the research was this notion around openness to the public cloud. This point has been cited in a lot of external media. And can you talk a little bit more about this point? In part, this has been happening because uh, some of the cloud service vendors have become a lot more aggressive. They have invested a lot in their enterprise sales forces and have been beating on the doors of a, a lot of them. In parallel, the economics of public cloud services have changed uh, a lot in the last three years and have become comparable to what some of the most efficient private cloud environments were able to achieve. So it has become a lot easier for our enterprise 
clients to be able to see that they can actually save quite a bit by moving to public cloud. Of course, it also um, happened because the security standards started to emerge for public cloud, and it, it, as we already talked, the conversation around security and compliance has shifted from you know, that being the major barrier to no longer being a major barrier, but being just something that needs um, just careful understanding and analysis and engineering before any applications can be shifted to public cloud. There have been uh, wide reports of a number of security breaches, both from you know, government agencies and companies and so forth. And I'm just wondering if any of that has had any impact or could have any impact on um, the data points that you cited. Yeah, absolutely. There will always be concerns, and I think um, all of the cybersecurity um, questions and unfortunate incidents um, recently have brought it back to the top of minds for everyone. There's a much better understanding um, of uh, how security in the public cloud works, how it is different than what companies have been able to build internally in their own data centers within their own walls, and uh, understanding where the, the public cloud could be better or stronger than what folks are able to do today. You start to understand a lot better what the weaknesses are and what are the available tools for you to address those weaknesses. At the same time, what's been interesting to see is that uh, what other concerns have become sort of the have become the top uh, barriers on top of mind of enterprises for adopting public cloud, much more practical questions such as what is the cost, when, what is the complexity to move away from what the enterprises have accumulated in their own data centers. Another one that often comes up in conversations um, is related to vendor lock-in. So um, many enterprises are concerned about the concentration that is happening in the provider space. Increasingly, the, the top four players are gaining bigger and bigger market, market share away from all of the other players. Looking at those two particular concerns, this notion of moving away from legacy systems and, um, and kind of avoiding vendor lock-in, um, are there, did, did your research turn up any best practices or any advice for um, avoiding avoiding those traps or mitigating those traps. A number of companies are starting to ask for uh, better standards or interoperability um, commitments from uh, the biggest vendors so that it becomes easier for enterprises to shift between those uh, players um, in, and avoid the vendor lock-in, avoid being attached to one single one. Notwithstanding the very legitimate issues that were surfaced in the survey, do you think everything is going to end up in the cloud? Storage, computing, everything? I love this question. <laughs> Let me explain. Uh, what I mean by that is that by year 2020, which is not that far away, uh, I can see that up to 80% of enterprise applications can be in the public cloud, whereas the remaining 20% would be in their own data center in the private cloud because of legacy cost or security reasons. And um, what I also believe is that that 20% that might, might be even a smaller figure for some companies in non-regulated industries. What I am always fascinated by is um, learning um, stories about digitally born companies, so those companies that have existed for 10 years or less. And when you ask about how they are doing their infrastructure and what they're doing with cloud, 
You almost never hear that they are building their data centers. Uh, they have all embraced public cloud as just the right thing to do. And they frankly are saying, this is not our competency. Like, why would we build our own electrical power station? No one does that anymore. So similarly, we see those companies completely move away from the concept of building infrastructure by themselves and um, have clearly stated that they will not own their own data centers. So for the companies that do own their own data centers, what lessons can they take from digital-born companies and other leaders that have kind of gone in another direction? The four big lessons that we've learned from the leaders in cloud adoption from our survey are uh, all about building organizational capabilities rather than technology. So the first one is uh, focus on the migration roadmap and focus on um, actually getting meaningful migration results, basically executing on your plan. The second one is to look for ways to improve the experience for application development teams, iterating on that as you go, because you will never get it right the first time. The third lesson is around being very clear on the business case and understanding uh, as you go with the migration how that business case uh, is realized and what kind of incremental decisions are changing that business case or helping you to realize the benefits you went after from the get-go. And then finally, it, it, the final lesson learned is all around understanding the operating model implications of using the cloud services at scale. There are really huge implications on what kind of skill sets are required, how different teams within your IT department would operate with each other and with the, the business uh, units. The cloud leaders in our research have embraced and have done a lot against all of those four areas. I had one last question about supporting a, a cloud operating model. I'm just wondering how, how hard or how easy is it for companies to, to make that sort of wholesale change? And, and maybe what are some key questions that executives need to ask themselves if they're thinking about make this sort, making this sort of journey? That's a great question, Roberta. And this is frankly one area uh, where we've heard from a lot of companies we've, we've been working with that operating model is uh, the hardest thing to get done right uh, when migrated to migrating to cloud at scale. And even companies that anticipated that that would be hard were surprised by how much harder it was than they initially thought. What we are talking about uh, here is that you not only change the skill sets quite fundamentally, you, you are reskilling a big portion of your infrastructure uh, teams. You're also changing some of the processes with those folks are working on day to day and how they interact as well as how they are working with other teams inside IT. It's interesting because you, you think of the term cloud as being very ethereal, right? But the actual work on the ground, there's, there's a lot of nuts and bolts tactics that executives need to be involved with in order to, to kind of adopt enterprise cloud and, and, and be successful <laughs> with it. Yeah, none of those changes happen in a short period of time either. I'm afraid we're out of time. Thanks, Arena, for speaking with us today. You're welcome, Roberta. For more about McKinsey's research on enterprise cloud adoption, read the article, Leaders and Laggards in Enterprise Cloud Infrastructure Adoption, at mckinsey.com.
You've been listening to the McKinsey Podcast. To learn more about McKinsey, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at mckinsey.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook.